Welcome to the Rise and Thrive Podcast. My name is Liz Paris. And I'm Christina Cyphers. We're sisters. And we have been on a journey to get unstuck in life and learn tips, tools, and techniques to find more success, love, and happiness. We want to share what we've learned with you to help you move from surviving to thriving. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Arise and Thrive. Uh, this is Elizabeth Paris, your host, and I'm excited to be here with you. During this month of November, we've been talking about relationships and how to have stronger relationships. And we've dived into, dove into areas that maybe aren't like the most common. Um, we've talked about your relationship with time. We've talked about your relationship with yourself. And we've talked about relationship with children, kind of more, we started moving into the more of those outward relationships. And today um, I'm going to talk with you about marriage and married, marriage relationships or you know, if you're not married and you're with someone, then a significant other. So this is just like partnership relationships. And um, this topic is, it's such an important one. Um, it's, I feel like marriage is a space where we can have like our greatest joys and some of our greatest sorrows. And I say this with just experience. <laughs> um, both Andrew and I, we've been married um, now 17 years and um, we have five kids. We've been through a lot together, including, you know, um, good things, having our children, uh, traveling, um, new opportunities and new jobs and moving and all those kinds of things um, to some of the harder things like mental illness stuff, depression, both Andrew and I have struggled with depression at different times, job changes, um, moving can also be super stressful in the, you know, it's an awesome opportunity, but it also has those stressful parts of boxing up and, um, letting go and, and, um, getting to a new area and getting acclimatized there and meeting new people and all the things. Um, and so, Definitely, like through all these years of us trying to support each other and be there for each other, we haven't always done it the best. <laughs> um, if you go back and listen to um, Liz Paris's journey, one of our earlier episodes, I should have looked at what number that was. Um, but anyway, it's probably about in the 20s. I can't remember the exact number. Um, but in that episode, it was in July of 2020. Um, that's when Andrew and I got remarried. So in all of our struggles, we actually did get separated, divorced, and remarried. And so I feel like I've been through definitely the ups and the downs of marriage and relationships. And this is one of my areas that I love to share insight and even struggle and how to overcome struggle because I was there for a long time. I struggled for many years and I remember being so lonely and frustrated and um, feeling alone in my relationships. And a lot of it had to do with mindset and the way I was approaching things and kind of all or nothing mentality on things. And so um, as I've learned to manage my emotions better, as I've learned to seek after those things that have been so important to me and really feed my and nourish my soul and really own my own happiness and stop blaming. 
it has been so transformational for me and life-changing and doesn't mean that now my marriage is absolutely perfect. We still struggle. We still say things that hurt each other. We still have our things that are hard. And I was even thinking the other day, I'm like, I never did a part two to Liz's journey. And um, soon I will. I think, I think that'd be great to kind of revisit what has been hard as we've come back together. And so I, I would love to share more of that with you because I, I feel like our struggles and then sticking with something that's hard and learning and growing in that space helps us to help others to get through their hard and their stuck and their mud puddles and their hills and mountains that they're climbing. So anyway, I'm excited to share with you on this topic um, about marriage because I feel like there's so much good that can happen in marriage and there's so much hurt that happens in marriage. And so I'm just going to be real with you today. I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to share with you some of my struggles, but also I'm going to share with you some of the things that have really helped me to understand me better and my spouse better and how to move forward and to see each other as our best selves and stop picking at each other and, and start like living life and really um, enjoying where we're at more. Um, it's never, never going to be perfect. <laughs> I don't want you guys to think, oh, wow, you know, um, she has a perfect marriage now. I don't have a perfect marriage now, but I love my marriage and I love Andrew and I, I'm glad that we've, we are where we are. Like when I look back and I see the struggle of the past, it's like, whoa, I would never go back <laughs> to those spots. It's so much better now. So, and I know Andrew would totally agree. Um, so, okay. I'm going to share with you today 10 things, and I know 10 sounds like a big number, but there's so much that I've learned in my years. And as I, I thought, oh, I'll put down three things or four things. And I started writing different points and, and different, um, I guess, just things that I've learned, rules to live by, things that have helped me with my mindset and shifting my mindset from that survival mode of marriage and frustration mode to more thriving, more peace, more happiness, more fulfillment. And so I'm going to share these with you because they're, they've been valuable to me. And as I started to jot things down, I was like, well, I can't forget this one. So I put it in. So it may feel a little bit lengthy if, and maybe it won't, maybe it's like, oh yes, this is what I want to hear. And I want to hear all 10. So I hope that you'll stick with it and see what is helpful to you. And maybe some of these, you'll be like, yeah, that's exactly what I've learned. And you'll just be on the same page with me, but it will just re-emphasize what you have been learning in your relationship. So anyway, let's share together. We'll jump right in. Um, and I want also this to be a space of vulnerability. So as you're listening, I want you to go in and be like, be honest with yourself. You know, like if you're like, nah, that's never happened to me. Um, or yes, this always happens to me or whatever. Just try to try to kind of be real and equalize. It doesn't have to be all. It doesn't have to be never. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, these extremes, but just think about when have I seen something like this or have I seen something like this or how could I shift um, my thought process a little bit in this direction that would help me or what circumstances, you know, when my spouse and I about certain things because everyone has their little areas that kind of trigger them. Um, so look for those for yourself because I don't know specifically in your marriage what triggers you, but you know. And so as I talk about triggers, start to bring up those things in your mind that um, 
that pertain to you specifically and your, your spouse or your significant other. Okay, so let's go into vulnerability space. I want you guys to have this be a space where you can love yourself, love your relationship as much as possible, but be real. Like maybe you're going to hate yourself at certain points and hate your relationship at certain points as we're talking about it, but that's okay to get uncomfortable. <laughs> Just kind of go with me and we'll see what comes of it. Okay. Number one is learn to love yourself. This one's so, 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 so big. It's really hard for someone else to love you if you don't love yourself. There's less to love because you're not loving or sending out that love to yourself. And so it's harder for people to love you. How can you learn to love yourself? Um, most importantly, understand you and what feeds you and what um, makes you feel fulfilled. So maybe start to understand, okay, do I love the outdoors? I need to get outdoors more. Do I love this job that I'm in or do I not? Do I need to make some changes? Um, understand what hobbies and things that you like, which friends you like to hang out with, those that build you, um, and then start pursuing your goals and your dreams and activities that feed your soul. So as you learn about yourself, maybe even make a list of those things and then look at your calendar and be like, how much am I actually doing these love things, this love list? What are these things that feed me and how often am I doing them? And then if you don't have a lot of times where you're getting in a good hangout with the girls or um, a weekend away or, you know, whatever it is that feeds you, then start scheduling some of those in. Okay. So learning to love yourself is making you a priority. And making those things that feed your soul or feed you a priority. So that's number one, learn to love yourself. Number two is that within a marriage relationship, everyone gets to be in charge of their own happiness. And I love this because um, sometimes when we get into a marriage and we've watched millions of movies and um, TV commercials and uh, Disney shows and, you know, just movies and and media out there that shows like kind of that special someone and you find them and they fulfill you and you go off and you happily live forever right ever happily ever after there we go and so everyone um in those scenarios is like waiting for their happiness when they get married and thinking that this other person will complete them so much that that will bring in automatically bring in this happiness. However, this is not true. And a lot of times um, when we get married, there is some great fulfillment there and some good connection. But if we have already like sought for our happiness outside of us, and we haven't learned to feed our souls and, and build ourselves in the ways that we need to and nurture us to be in a healthy space, then it's very happy, hard, I mean, for us to move into marriage and be happy. And so realizing that everyone is in charge of their own happiness is so important um, because sometimes we can rely on that other person and wait for them to make us happy. And it's like, well, they should know that um, I would like them to give me a hug before they go to work or they should know this or that. So sometimes there's these unspoken expectations. We'll talk about those later. Um, but it's our responsibility for ourselves to um, be in charge of how we feel. And um, we're responsible for how we feel. We're responsible for the way that things are in our life. And this can be kind of a big aha 
Um, but if you don't take 100% responsibility, then you have no power for change. Because if it's like, well, when this person changes, I can, you know, move forward and have things go how I want. Then I can build my business. Then I can um, have the relationships that I want with my children. If they would just do this or that, then I will be happy, right? But if always that seeking of, of happiness is outside of us, we can never claim it and have that power to bring happiness in. And so two little um, affirmations that have helped me as I try to remember that I'm in charge of my own happiness and that I get to be 100% in charge of my feelings and things that are going on in my life. I, I tell myself that I'm safe, number one. So I am safe. And the second one is I can rely on me because when we're always waiting and relying on others, it's very uncertain. You know, it's just whatever they're doing today or however they feel. And it's all externally um, stimulated or brought into our lives instead of us choosing into that own, our own power. So, okay. So number two is big. This is a really big one. Everyone's in charge of their own happiness. So, okay. Number one, learn to love yourself. Number two, you're in charge of your own happiness. Number three. Oh, and one more thing when it comes to being in charge of your own happiness is that you, when you 100% take responsibility for yourself and the way things are going in your life, you can't blame. Blame is huge because if you blame, it's always someone else's fault. And that, that takes away from your own power to move forward. So no blaming. Um, and then it makes it so that you won't be avoiding the things that you need to do to make those shifts and changes. And also you could be waiting a really long time for your spouse. And you could be in a really sad, depressed state if you're just always waiting around for somebody else. It's just not a, a great spot to be in as we're made to act and to move forward and to make choices ourselves and to create our own desires within our life um, to bring about those desires. So number three is to understand and manage your emotions. So, so, so big. Okay. When we're little, we're told don't yell, don't scream, keep it quiet and don't be negative. And, you know, we're told all these things. And if you're come from a religious background, sometimes it's, oh, it's really bad to get angry. It's bad to yell. You should be the one who's nice and whatever. Right. So if you never address and understand the emotions that are going on inside of you, you tend to ignore them and to push them down inside of you. When you push down emotions inside of you, it causes you to get in a stuck spot. They're stuck within your body, within your energy. And because you get so stuck, it is hard for you. You pretty much fill up and it's hard for you to see where to go. So those emotions that don't get resolved, that don't get moved out, that don't get replaced with positive, those heavy, hard emotions, depression, disappointment, um, anger, frustration. Um, there's just tons of them guilt. Uh, you name all the, the heavier emotions. Those are the ones that weigh you down and cause it cause you to stay stuck. If you don't move those out, it causes you to stay stuck. It will also cause your spouse to stay stuck because what happens is if you don't let go of the heavy and bring in more light emotions, so get out that heavy, bring in the light. If you don't do that, what happens is you start, you still have that energy going on inside of you, within your mind, within your body, within your energy um, fields. 
So you start throwing around that energy. Um, you use comments that are negative or words. Um, you use tones of voice that are hurtful. And um, you start saying a lot of you know negative things that come out. It might not even, maybe the words you're saying really aren't that negative, but your little sarcastic tone of voice at the end, how you, how you kind of twist it around makes it into a negative thing. So as you know, we might not be throwing tables and chairs and things like that at our spouse or our kids, but we might be throwing around this energy that is hurtful. Um, I did not realize what I was doing when I, I, when I had never let go of these heavy emotions. I mean, I did pretty good to go running and, and um, that was kind of an outlet for me when I was single, when I got married, I stopped exercising and, and I didn't have an outlet for my emotions. And I didn't realize that I started to, my, my husband was more of an exploder, like his emotions would come out on me and me, my emotions would kind of, I would implode. I would shut down. I would say, I'm not enough. I'm not good. I'm not, everything's not the way I wish it was. And I kind of go into more of a depressed inward state. And so, you know, for a lot of guys, usually it's kind of more anger or outward or some women too. And for, and for some people, it's more of that inward shut down, um, get stuck, not moving forward. And so it's so important to understand this management of emotions. And when you do, and you start to learn to release the heavy and bring in the good, it is like a huge life-changing experience for your relationships. First, you're going to feel way better. So when you feel better, it's going to bring that into your relationships and those around you are going to feel way better. So um, it's really important to remember um, to do some sort of active letting go of emotions um, regularly. You can do it daily. You can do it every other day, but um, there's a few different ways to do it. We've talked about some of those ideas on this podcast. You can go back and look at managing your emotions. There's like 20 different ideas, not 20, but there's a lot of ideas on that particular um, episode a while back. I think that was about episode 10 or so really early in the beginning stages of our podcast. Um, but manage your emotions. Managing your emotions is a lifelong skill that you want to learn. And as you learn it and you start to exemplify it, your children will understand what's going on with them and how to manage and, um, and navigate their emotions and the emotions of others. That's one of the biggest areas that people get stuck in. They're at a job with a boss who's, you know, demanding kind of a tyrant, whatever, and they're just stuck and they don't know how to, how to say, Hey, I don't like what's going on here or stand up for themselves. Um, and it's the same in, in relationships, you know, they don't stand up for themselves because they think they're being a peacemaker and, um, really it's just not standing up for self. Um, there's no peace that you're preserving. It's an awkward, um, uncomfortable feeling. And there's lots of emotions that are going on. And so we can, we can actually do the wrong thing for the right reason. We're trying to hold peace, hold space um, for like, okay, I'll sacrifice what I want to like hold the peace. And really when we're not being true to what we want and what we desire and that internal desire for happiness and peace and joy, and we're just sacrificing that for somebody else's array of anger, their array of emotions of anger or frustration. And then we're just letting them take it out on us. It's a really unhealthy space. Um, so an idea of how to, to how to get some of this out 
I remember the first time I did this one, it's kind of a going out in a field. So you can call it a field technique if you want. Um, but I just went for a walk. I live in a neighborhood where there's lots of houses being built. And so there's a few farmer fields kind of around us. We used to be on a farmer field, our little neighborhood. And so as I, I just started walking and I saw this beautiful space to go and to walk. And I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to walk through this field. I was really frustrated when I left my house and I just thought, oh, I just don't want to be by anybody. I want to be out on my own. And so I was walking through this beautiful field, but I, I wasn't feeling how beautiful it is. I do go there to enjoy it now at, at different times. But this time, this first initial time walking through, I was just angry. And I was particularly angry at my spouse, Andrew, and I wanted to just, I was really mad. I wanted to rip his head off with words and emotions and whatever in person. But I knew from some of my training, that wouldn't be the best idea. It would hurt our relationship and I needed to get it out, but not at him. So I went out to the field. I started to express what was going on and uh, I acted as if he was there. And so it was like, I hate it when you, and then just, you know, grr, like all of these feelings, I was loud and I was out in the field. So I didn't worry about how loud I was. Um, I used my arms and my expression and, you know, Oh, like get away. And I don't like this and get this out of my life. And so my arms and hands and, and my body language, everything was getting out the emotion as I went through the emotions, as I talked about how I was feeling and what was making me mad, what was frustrating me, what actions or lack of action was bothering me. And you can actually write those things out before you go and then read them as you go out. This one was just an impromptu. And I just went out and I just let it all out. When I got done this first time, I remember just like, like a breath of fresh air, like, whoa, that felt good. And I was pretty amazed at how good I could feel after like one time, just letting go. And some of us, you know, have, have been taught to not say negative things or um, to like we talked about when you're a little kid, it's like, no, you shouldn't yell and scream and you shouldn't do these things. You know, those things are inside of you and they've got to come out somehow. And so it's either through voice or written word or through movement. There's just got to be a way and, and everyone knows what works for them. So maybe voice isn't your thing, maybe movement, maybe exercise, maybe that's your thing to process. Um, maybe writing is your thing. But you knowing you and knowing what releases that and trying different ones. And then once you, once one works for you, use that. And sometimes maybe that one won't work anymore as effectively after a while. And then maybe you'll want to try a different one. I remember um, I couldn't go out in a field every day because I had my kids and stuff. And we had a punching bag in our garage. So that became one of my outlets. Like I'd go out to the punching bag and just, oh, but I, I realized I didn't know how to tape my hands right. And I was kind of hurt my hands as I was hitting this punching bag. So definitely do something that keeps you safe. I've heard of breaking glass. That's a really fun one where you can, well, I shouldn't say fun, but it's very effective. It actually is kind of fun because you hear the shattering sound and it's like, yeah, like there's just something really fulfilling about it. But anyway, so you get a bottle, you write the person's name, you write what bother, bothers you about them. It could be glassware. You could go to the thrift store, pick up a couple of plates and some glasses and whatever. You just have to find a spot where you can do it. That's not going to hurt anybody. Anyway, enough about getting out your emotions. Um, also wear goggles, also clean up after yourself. So I'm just saying you should get out your emotions. Just make sure you are safe. Okay. 
Um, so that's number three is understanding and managing your emotions. Number four is give up the fight, the conflict. I know people say, don't give up the fight. This is give up the fight within your marriage, within your relationship. Um, this is when I say the fight, it can be anything that does not equalize you as partners. So it could be, I'm doing more in your brain. You're thinking I'm doing more or I'm doing better at, or you're comparing or you're judging, you're complaining, you're picking apart, you're finding fault. So anything like that, you want to get rid of, get up, get rid of all of that, like negative evaluation of the other person um, that goes on in the back of your mind all the time. Um, Not all the time, but that could be going on at any point. Um, You don't always have to be right. You know, give up that fight of I am always right, or I have to prove my point or see, I, I showed you Um, that kind of resistance and protection is kind of normal because we've been hurt as we've gone through life. We've had people betray us. We have had situations where it's like, well, I don't know if I can trust you now, or that really hurt me. Or, you know, we've gone through all these different things. And we all have to deal with these kind of feelings coming up or this resistance against people where it's like, well, I need to prove I'm right, or I need to protect myself, you know? And so this is normal to kind of feel these things, but I don't think we realize how much this goes on in the background if we don't pay attention to it. I remember when Andrew and I were separated and um, at that time, I, where I set my phone, it's dinging. (laughs) Anyway. So as um, we were separated, I remember distinctly, I was reading in the scriptures and there was a story about people laying down their weapons of war. And as I read this, this was actually in the book of Mormon. And um, it was talking about them laying down their weapons of war and, and actually burying them deep in the ground so that they would not get those weapons back out. And I was like, what? Like I have weapons. And I realized that I did. I realized that I had my weapons that I could pull out that I knew would hurt Andrew or my approaches that would hurt Andrew and that he had his. And I was like, okay, if I put mine down, then I'm not fighting anymore. And then that can encourage that equalizing like, hey, we're on the same team. We're partners. We don't need to compare and judge. We don't need to be better than each other. We don't need to say I'm doing more or list all the ways that we are. Um, we don't need to complain or pick apart, but we can um, we can make make love, not war, right? I know that's kind of a cliche term, but really how, if you can't, if you're in a war all the time, how can you feel love for a person? It is very hard. Um, it's hard to bring in peace to your home and those feelings that you want, that happiness. Those are contrary um, that compare judgment, um, complaining, frustration with another person that is much more. Okay. Sorry. I have to edit that part up. Um, anyway, the, that type of energy is opposite of peace, happiness, and joy. And so it's so important to, um, make sure that we are bringing in, giving up that fight. Um, we don't have to be right. We don't have to do more. We don't, have to see ourselves as, you know, being resistant or protecting ourselves, but more and that defensiveness, but move defensiveness to togetherness. 
Um, I found myself at certain times as Andrew and I came back together, I could feel some defensiveness going on between us. And I would actually use the words, we're on the same team. And that would help us like kind of unify and, and, you know, if it was something with the kids or whatever, I would feel Andrew's anger, anger that I wasn't doing it the way he thought I should. And even though we approach things differently, it does not mean that we don't want the same outcome. We want our kids to grow and learn and, and become and have positive experiences, right? But we don't need to um, do it in a way that breaks down the other person just because they're not doing it the same way we would. Allow people to bring in their ideas. If we were all the same, we wouldn't need each other, right? We wouldn't need other people's ideas. So, okay, so that's important. Um, give up the fight. You don't always have to be right and have less of that defensiveness and more togetherness. And I love using those words. We're a team. We're on the same team. Yes, we're trying to accomplish the same thing. Yes, let's work together. Words like that are super helpful. Okay, um, one more. Uh, well, there's more. But number five is that um, women and men, um, we need to see ourselves as sexy beings. And I know this is kind of, you know, out there and, and, but really, honestly, one of the qualities of marriage and companionship that is so wonderful is this actual physical connection um, and this intimate part in our relationships. And so if you are resisting this or not feeling like your body's beautiful or, or feel not feeling, seeing yourself as being attractive it is hard for you to enjoy this part of your life, this aspect of your relationship. Brene Brown, um, in one of her studies, found a vulnerability. She found that the thing that makes men feel most vulnerable is initiating sex. It could be with their wife that they've been with for 20, 50 years, and they still can feel very vulnerable initiating that, that intercourse. And I thought that was so interesting um, that some of us, you know, in our relationships, we are at certain times we're resisting um, this togetherness physically that actually helps to connect us. And I'm not saying, oh, yeah, you know, you have to like, you know, just I want you to like we should have sex all the time. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you see yourself as a sexy being, if you bring in that energy that you can enjoy this part of your life and this part of your relationship, it will open new doors to help you and to, and also communicating to each other about these kinds of things is super important. Um, and women, as you see yourself as being attractive, take that time to like do a little bit, you know, coordinate your outfit a little more, put on a little makeup, do your nails, whatever makes you feel a little bit, you know, more attractive or whatever. And not saying that we're objectifying you and basing your worth on your looks or your appearance, but love you, take care of you, spend that little extra time as you're putting on your moisturizer to send love to your skin and be willing to just, um, to, to have that connection with self. I did notice that when Andrew and I were separated, I got ready more often. And when we were divorced too, I did my hair more and my, my makeup. And I, I took a little better care of me. And I thought that was really interesting. Cause you know, you see a single person and sometimes they're a little bit more 
um, keeping up on their appearance, I guess. And sometimes you see a, a mom that's been, you know, a mom for a while, and maybe they just don't have the time and things like that. And there's nothing wrong with any of the stages of our lives. I just found it very interesting that when I was single, I actually, you know, for that five, six months that we were actually divorced, um, I did take a little more time. And I thought, you know what, I, I want to have this in my life for me and for my spouse. Um, why not allow myself to feel beautiful and attractive? And so anyway, just something to think about with where you're at, how much, um, and you can do your hair in five minutes, but the fact that you spent the five minutes or didn't, you know, it's, it's great to just spend that time. And then, you know, that you did that for yourself, that you fed yourself in that way, that you are important enough to take that time to do whatever that little thing is, you know, hair, makeup, moisturizer, whatever makes you feel really good. Okay. Moving on. So definitely see yourself as a sexy, attractive being. That's number five. Number six is see each other's greatness or see each other or hold each other in greatness. And I love this because a lot of times our vision gets cloudy in marriage and we just don't see each other. Um, clearly we see each other as a struggle, as a problem, as a need to fix, and it's not a positive space. Um, so definitely try to see each other as, you know, your potential as the things that you love about that person. I remember when I was working on me and doing a lot of work with a mentor and she had me make a list of things that I loved about Andrew. And that was super helpful. I would review that list almost daily. And then, you know, I could send a little compliment to him. If you want to work on your relationship, um, put little um, deposits in their emotional bank account. As I think Stephen R. Covey is the one who has that principle. Um, but like as you, cause there's def definitely going to be withdrawals and in, in, you know, everyday life and life costs time and money and effort and all those things. And so we're not going to be perfect at always putting those deposits in. So if we take that time to put those deposits into our spouse's bank account and let them know that they're important. Like I love to just take each morning. If I, if I'm really in the groove, I will send a quick text to my husband after he's gone to work and just let him know, <clears throat> excuse me, that I'm, you know, something that I love about him or that I'm excited to spend time with him or yay, Thanksgiving is coming up. So we'll have more time together or whatever. And that just builds the relationship. And when you do those little things, it makes a big difference. Um, all right. So see each other in greatness and um, focus in on the great things. Number seven is be gentle in figuring each other out and stop trying to control each other. So this is let go of control and bring in a more gentle feeling. And I like this. Um, I like to give the analogy of a birthday cake. One time, my brother, Rob, we made him this huge cake. It was chocolate with whipped cream all over it and berries. And they were just mounded on this cake. Well, it was very moist. And this cake, he was holding it as we we're singing to him, like over his lap. And it just tipped over and fell onto his lap. So he had cake everywhere, all over his lap and his clothes and on his chair. Some even got onto the floor and the cake just went everywhere. And of course, if you uh, ask, does that cake taste good? I bet if you tasted some of that cake, because we did still eat it, we cut up the pieces we could uh, save and, and we ate it. But it, if you asked us, was that cake good? We'd say yes. But in the presentation of the cake, 
Um, it presented itself in such a messy kind of problematic way that it wasn't, you know, it, things aren't going to be as well received if they're splatted all over your lap versus um, served nice and neat on a beautiful dish with a nice little clean fork um, all ready to go and a napkin on the side. Um, and so think of presentation as you are working with your spouse, be gentle with them, stop trying to control them. But, you know, um, as you start to bring up things like, hey, you know, it'd be nice um, sometime to go to lunch together. I would just love to go to lunch. And you just put it out there like this is something I would like. But you don't say we never go and kind of add in all those negative things because it's all in the presentation. So if it comes from a space of I would love to spend more time with you, who wouldn't like to hear that? It sounds like you adore them and you adore their time, right? versus, oh, you never do this. Now. Why can't we ever go and, you know, on a date or go do a weekend away? Or why don't you ever do the dishes? You know, instead, it might be, I would feel really supported if um, you could help me do the dishes a couple nights a week. Are there a couple nights that would work for you? Right. Okay. So presentation is really important. Um, I was talking to a friend last week and um, this friend I had talked about how, um, how their, their spouse at certain times had said, maybe we're not meant for each other. Now, this is something that's really interesting to me because I went through that a lot. Maybe we're not the ones for each other. When we were going through our hard times, that's what, uh, kept coming up over and over. And I just want to remind everybody, there's no, the one, right. Um, we have kind of that ideal that there's the one and, and, uh, and that they're going to change our lives and, and fulfill our every need and whatever. But um, it's so important to ask, why has this person come into my life? Why am I in a relationship with them? What is there for me to learn? Um, instead of just saying, oh, maybe we're not meant for each other. Say, maybe we are meant for each other. How did we, out of all the millions of people, billions, right? Billions of people that have ever been on the earth. I'm with this particular person. And then look at how that relationship is happening for you. It's not happening to you. And, you know, you can be frustrated with the cake falling on you or whatever, but you could be grateful that there's, there's berries and there's whipped cream and it's sweet and there's some goodness to it. So focusing in on being gentle, stop trying to control each other and be really good at that presentation. Like, how do I want to present this in a way that treats this person with respect shows them that I do want more together time, or I want more attention, or I want more uh, to feel more loved or validated. Um, and those aren't bad things. Those are all good things. It's just sometimes we have that resistance or that negativity as we're talking about it. So watch your presentation. And then number eight is reach outside of your marriage and bring in some support. So this one's interesting because if you always think that this spouse is going to provide you everything you need, like, okay, I've got this project. So, you know, my husband, a while, years ago, they were doing festival of trees. So automatically he's got this tree project and it didn't go as well with the, he worked with individuals with special needs and they were making ornaments. So it didn't go as well for them to get everything done with those individuals. They just didn't get um, as much done as they had hoped. And so he brought the project home for his his wife to help with. And I was actually at the time happy to help, no problem. But something like that, if we just automatically assume that our spouse is going to save us, 
and that they're on the exact same page with us and they see everything the way we do and they need to do what we think is best, um, that's kind of a, a spot where uh, we need to reach out and see what their strengths are and allow them to help with those. So say my, my spouse is really good at finances. I'm going to let him be in charge of the budget. Maybe I'm better at cooking. So I'm going to be in charge of that. However, there are things that maybe we're not so good at that we can reach outside of our marriage to bring in the support or the fun or to help build our marriage. So maybe it's being open to going on a double date once a month with another couple, because that adds variety and fun and our brains crave newness and excitement, right? Or maybe it's that another couple, um, we, we ask them questions about how they're uh, doing whatever it is that they're doing that we want to do. Maybe they're into real estate and maybe they uh, know some things we don't know. So maybe our opportunity to ask questions and to learn and grow from other people, um, we use that opportunity. Or for me and my circumstance, my husband and I, we love order. We love it when our house is clean, but we're not the best at cleaning. We're not the best at organizing. And so um, for years we've worked at it and we've gotten better over the years, but recently, um, and some of you may know, cause you're a part of our group, the in order to thrive group on Facebook. Um, but I have just really wanted my home in order and I'm, I'm ready for spaces to be orderly and neat and for me to open a closet and everything to be in its spot. And so I, took the opportunity to hire a professional organizer to help me with that because that's not one of my strengths. I grew up in a home that wasn't super organized and, um, and we always thought that that was outside of our ability to do in our home. It just wasn't something we knew how to do or, or lived that way. And so anyway, I'm loving it. I'm loving that this woman, um, Raquel's her name has come in and she's helped me with these spaces that you know, underlying there's this feeling of, ugh, and she's helped me like open the doors and be like, yes, this feels so good. So game closet yesterday, movie closet the other day. And this was something that if I tried to do this all on my own and expect my spouse and my kids to pick up the stuff and make it look orderly, it would add so much more stress to our family. And, um, it's just been wonderful to bring this in. And, um, anyway, so you know what those things are that might be helpful to you that maybe aren't your strengths or your spouse's strengths. And if you bring that in and open yourself up to outside help, so, so good. Okay. Number nine is communicate. And we've already talked a little bit. We've touched on this, but, um, take that time when you, when you feel like, Hey, um, you're feeling sad about something, or you're feeling like you're being judged by your spouse or whatever. Um, open up, be vulnerable, say, Hey, when you say this, or you do this, I feel, or I think this, this is the story I'm telling myself. That's what Brene Brown uses. It's that little phrase. When you do this, the story I'm telling myself is that I'm not good enough. And that's why you're avoiding me and going around me and doing whatever it is you're doing. And so that communication opens up us and what's going on inside of us and the emotions that are coming up and the thoughts that are coming up that are causing more um, disconnect in our relationships versus connection. The, the more that we have these thoughts of, oh, these stories, these negative stories about each other, the more we disconnect, the more the war goes on. So if we wanna bring in more love, peace, harmony, we've got to be honest about what's going on. Like, hey, maybe you didn't even mean it, but this is what I'm thinking when you do that. And then it helps the other person see 
and um, being vulnerable to open up with them because they'll start telling you, well, this is what I experienced is that, oh, you don't want to be here because you're doing something else instead of being right here with me. You're, you're not present. You're on your phone or whatever. And so then they'll share what's going on on their side. And that two sides of the story being shared helps bring that e- equality or the equalizing in a marriage relationship or in any relationship. And number 10, I know this has been a lot, but I hope it's been super helpful for you, but I'm going to share number 10. It's celebrate your successes and wins personally. And as a couple, um, you know, this, a lot of us, we just, we want more, we want more money. We want more time. We want more of everything. And some of us are perfectionists. So we're a little bit all or nothing. We want it this way, or it's not good enough, you know? Um, And so in order to overcome that type of thinking, the perfectionist thinking, or not, not having things the way we want them, because we want more, we want it different, or we want things to be better. um, In order to be grateful for how it is right now, we get to celebrate our successes and our wins as a couple. So maybe it's, I bit my tongue and I went and, and got all my emotions out in the field instead of at my partner or my spouse, or, um, my spouse blew up and I didn't react. I stayed calm. Okay. So, I mean, even just little things, um, and that will help bring in the happiness because as you celebrate your successes, you can see how you're shifting and changing. And when you're shifting and changing, there's hope. If you don't stop and write these down or like take the time to celebrate them with each other, like, Hey, I love how we're communicating better. or I love that we go on a date every week as we give that feedback. And as we recognize those verbally and on paper, it will help us to see that we are doing it. Um, I, the other week I had felt like, Oh, I don't know if my organizing projects are ever going to end. Am I ever going to get to, and you know, technically they never will, but like, will I ever get to a spot where I feel like my house is in a good spot and I can focus in on some of the business things that I want to do and helping people more. That's where my heart is. And so I was just kind of feeling a little discouraged about it. And I, I, the thought came write down 10 things that you've accomplished the last little bit. And I wrote down all the areas that I've been organizing all the time that I've been spending with my family. It just wrote down these successes and it felt so good. I'm like, I am doing it because our minds will trick us that we're not, it will lie to us that it's not enough. We're not doing it. We need more. Um, it's not good enough, right? Or I can't be happy because I'm not there yet. But that's a lie. If we stop and we celebrate the successes and the wins for us personally, and then as a couple, it is so powerful. Okay, guys, that was 10. That that was 10 items that have been very helpful to me. Um, I want to share one little uh, oops moment. And then I have something cool to share with you that's coming up in January. And it's going to be such a cool, awesome opportunity for anyone and everyone that wants to participate. And it's super um, helpful. It's all the support and accountability you need to start moving forward in 2022. And so anyway, it's going to be awesome. First, my my oops moment. It's kind of more of an aha moment. Um, This oops moment was, um, it was kind of funny. Here I am, you know, um, this was even last week. I'm visiting with a friend and we start chatting and um, she's like, how are things going? How are you and Andrew doing? And I said, oh, we're good. I mean, there's still things that are hard that we're working on. And, 
you know, it's life and whatever. And so we're chatting and, and, um, and it was interesting because she reminded me of a little truth and in that moment, and it really helped me. And she just said, um, cause I was saying, you know, that there's still challenges and things, but you know, we're, we're doing our best, but she said, you know, um, I wish someone told me when I first got married, um, that marriage, I thought it was a give and take. But I wish someone would have told me, give 100% without expectation, and then be happy with what is and what comes, and, and just love your spouse for who they are, and be happy with who they are. And um, I, I loved that, like, give 100% without expectation. And I think, um, I think at that moment, I was like, yeah, I know that. And, and that's something that I could be doing better at. And, you know, my little oops or aha was like, yeah, yeah, let, let's commit to, to jumping back in again tomorrow and loving, you know, loving our spouses, loving the people around us for who they are and have that zero expectation and 100% gratitude for what comes in. And that was just a great reminder for my friend, Kathy. She's so awesome. Um, but anyway, so I, I guess this oops moment was a little bit more of an aha moment, but it was like, oops, in my thinking. I guess you could call it and oops in, Hey, yeah, I know this. I've learned this, but am I applying this full heartedly the way I know? And the answer was no, but then it helped me recommit to, um, jumping back in with the full heart and with hundred percent and with lack of, with zero expectation and a whole lot of love. So anyway, I hope that helps you. And, um, wherever you're at in your relationship, know you're not alone. Sometimes you feel alone and sometimes you feel frustrated, but get help. If you need a mentor, I would love to help you. Um, if you would like to, there's a couple different opportunities coming up. One is a group setting and it makes it super awesome to be in this group with so many people that are amazing. They're wanting to move forward in their lives. Some of them are just and already. And they're such awesome people and you can learn so much from them. But in this group, it's called, we're, we're calling the group vision for 2022. And this group is all about getting your goals. It's just not about just dreaming what you want, but it's like actually doing it. So whatever your goal is, maybe it's to focus in on some fitness and healthy eating habits. Maybe your goal is to organize a space in your home. Maybe your goal is to start that um, podcast or to start that blog that you've wanted to do. Maybe your goal is to work on family photos. Maybe your goal is to uh, write a story. Like I know someone who wants to write a book. That, that would be awesome to get started on those things. Um, not just have them all in our brain, like guilting us that we should do these someday, but those are the things that we have to offer our family and those around us, those things that are kind of um, on our minds, let's get them going in our lives. So vision for 2021 is an awesome group where you get to have the large group setting where you get instruction once a week. We do a, a lesson, a session where I teach you for one hour live training and we have um, everybody who can attend gets on there. And then there's live, live recording. So you can actually listen to the live recording later um, and, and understand what's going on. If you've missed something in the group, you can go back and listen to it as many times as you want. If you're working, you can, you know, check in later and listen to it. Anyway, the recording happens and then um, you have access to those recordings. 
And in that group, you're put into smaller groups, accountability groups to help you move forward on your goal. So you'll be able to put your goal up what it is on a vision board or on your wall and have that vision of what you're working towards. And then daily you work on just a small action step. It can only take 15 minutes or five minutes um, to work towards that goal. But by the end of the month, you can reach, you'll reach that goal if you work on it. And if you keep going and you keep um, pursuing whatever that dream is that you have, this is a really awesome activity for application in your life. All of us know what we need to be doing, but what's cool is this gives you the accountability and support to move forward. I remember when I wanted to change, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want to change. And I'd go to a really great training and then I'd come home and I'd be like, okay, that was an awesome training. I feel good for two or three days. And then I was just back doing my normal thing. I needed someone to intervene in my everyday life to help me to move forward, to make changes and to change my mindset. And so that's what these trainings are. The mindset trainings are awesome because we talk about what can you be thinking about? What can you be focusing on? What can you be saying to yourself? What can you be um, doing in your everyday life to move towards this goal? And then once you've done this once, it's like, oh, now I kind of know how to do it. And then you can move forward on other goals that you have. But this is so valuable to learn these skills and these mindset techniques and thought processes of how to bring in more success and to accomplish your goals. So um, go to our website, horizonthrivelife.com and um, check out the vision for 2022 group. and. Here's the, the greatest part. We've only offered this class as a vision board master class in the past for $99 for a month. And this is actually a class Christina and I will do together. So super excited about that. But anyway, it's $99 in the past for a full month of training. And you get those um, trainings. It's usually four, four to five trainings, depending on when the Mondays fall. Um, and then as you go in, um, you get to have the opportunity to have that full month long group coaching and we're pricing it at $47. It is such a good deal. But if you sign up, like we're doing a Black Friday special. So if you do this class and you, you sign up for the class, the vision for 2022, 2022, if you sign up for it before the you get to sign up for $25. Can you guys believe that? $25. That's like nothing. That's like two piano lessons for your kid. This is going to be so awesome to sign up for um, a full month of group membership um, and it's group mentoring. So, and coaching. So you're getting coached all the way through with your mindset. We're teaching you tools and techniques to help you move forward. And then you can apply these in your life anytime, anywhere for any goal. And this deal is only for the first 25 people. So this Black Friday special, and we'll have the information in the notes, but the coupon code to get the $25 before December 1st, the last day to sign up is December 1st. But if you sign up before December 1st or on December 1st, and you're one of those 25 people, you get in for $25 and the code is Black Friday 25 exclamation mark. Black Friday is all lowercase. 25 is the number, like the numbers two and five, and an exclamation mark at the end. So anyway, we would love to get to know you better and to support you. And 
anyway, it's just going to be awesome. The classes are held Mountain Standard Time, one o'clock on Mondays. However, if you're on the other side of the world, it's okay because uh, my brother did this class when he was in Taiwan and he was able to just pull up the recordings and listen and report to his group in a way like through text that he was doing his steps and, you know, if he needed support or whatever, um, he was able to reach out at any time to us. And so anyway, so such a cool opportunity. Um, you can't pass this up for $25, put this on your Christmas list and sign up before December 1st to get the black Friday deal for $25 for vision for 2022. And I look forward to meeting you and getting to know you better, um, and supporting you on your goals and dreams and hope you have an amazing day. Thanks everybody. Are you ready to make forward movement in an area of your life, relationships, money, organization, health, or happiness? We want to help you get the results you've always wanted and the happiness that you are worthy of. And so we've started a movement to support you in making these positive changes in your life. Arise Now is the best place to start when you are ready to get better results in life and you want positive support, effective tools, and strong motivation to make it happen. And that's why we started our movement, Arise Now. Arise Now is a supportive, fun, three-month-long program where you will learn tools, techniques, and mindset shifts to move forward in your relationships and goals. In Arise Now, you will have the support to set and accomplish three personalized goals. You will receive 12 valuable one-hour live trainings, enjoy daily accountability, and enjoy a safe, supportive community to start arising and thriving now. Visit AriseAndThriveLife.com today and register so that you can get all the support, training, and accountability to start arising and thriving in your life.